0: Hi, my name is Dale Medgett, I'm one of the pastors here and it's my pleasure this morning to start us on a journey through the summer through the chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews. It's a chapter about heroes of the faith and how they lived that out. And I want to read to you uh, a little bit surprisingly from Hebrews chapter 12, which I think sums up this chapter that we're going to look at over the next six or seven weeks. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. And Father, this morning we just pray that you would help us as we start this new series on faith and resilience, as we look to see what you have to teach us through some of the characters of the Old Testament, both familiar and unfamiliar. But we also thank you that you want to help us understand how to live today. And we pray, God, that you would speak to us in this moment. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, as we start a new series this morning, my first question would be, how are you doing? Are you lasting through the shutdown? And I'm just finding all kinds of different responses to that question when I ask people. Some people have just given up. This COVID thing is over in Canada. We're going back to normal. Uh, They've given up the masks. They've given up the social distancing. They've given up the uh, self-isolation. And it's sort of back to normal with reservations others are just worried about the US they see the numbers that are coming out of there and they're trying to figure out what that rate of infection is going to mean for us others are worried about the fall is there going to be a second wave is there going to be a third wave will our kids get to go back to school Um, all of us are living through this time and you know that statement oh to be cursed to live in interesting times we are living in interesting times And all of us are struggling with that to some degree. Some of us with kids are trying to figure out uh, what is it like to be a homeschool teacher and principal and can they go back to school in the fall? Others of us maybe have older parents or maybe some of us are older and we've been locked in rooms. We've been isolated from family just because of the fact that for our age, it makes us vulnerable to this. And others of us are just trying to work from home. Others of us are trying to figure out what does it mean not to take summer holidays. Others of us are trying to figure out family challenges or maybe the challenge of no family, which is an even greater challenge maybe in the isolation and aloneness of that experience of COVID. And we've learned vocabulary. I didn't know social distance before. I never heard of self-isolating before. Uh, COVID-19, obviously, is a new phrase that came into our world. And uh, the 19, I guess, is supposed to be for the year the virus was discovered. But I think it also works like freshman 15, which is the 15 pounds you put on in first year university. Uh, COVID-19 has been very good to some of us as well. But one of the words that I'm hearing is this word resilience. We have survived the first part of this, and now we're in this stage, and the thing is, can we keep going? Do we have the resilience, the strength, if you want, to keep going? Resilience, uh, well, if you ask our engineers, they would give you the science definition. It's materials or objects that are determined to be resilient are those that if you bend them or stretch them, they'll return to their original shape. Think rubber bands. In people, resilience refers a little bit more to can you bounce back after encountering difficulty? And the American Psychological Association, who has an official definition of this, says it's the process of adapting well in the face of adversity. But I would like to give an even deeper definition this morning. For me, what resilience means is the ability to grow from adverse situations and events and to find meaning in them. And I think that definition only really holds for Christians who have an understanding of what God's about. So today we're going to start a series that is going to go throughout the summer on the 11th chapter of Hebrews. If you're not familiar with that chapter, it is simply the story of uh, what faith looked like in the lives of a whole bunch of different Old Testament characters. So we're going to look at a bunch of different people, one person every week. And we're going to work our way through that And look at how did these people not only persevere but thrive through the challenging times they went through. And what lessons can we learn from that? And to start that, I think we just need to start by understanding what does the word faith actually mean as the book of Hebrews lays it out? And to understand that, I think we need to understand the context of the book of Hebrews. So I was reading this book and it was on the subject of faith and it said this the first sentence the subject of faith has occupied my mind very much in these strange and perplexing days through which we've been passing sounds very current but it was actually my grandfather's book it was a book of sermons on this chapter of hebrews by a pastor by the name of g campbell morgan who pastored in London, about a block from Buckingham Palace, throughout the war when the bombing and the blitzkrieg was happening. And the challenges that he saw in his day, he could relate to the book of Hebrews. And then going back not only just to World War II, but going back to the time when the book of Hebrews was written. It was true of them as well. These people were living through challenging times. And it was all about how do you develop resilience in the face of adversity? How do you endure when things don't seem to be going the right way? We don't know who the author of Hebrews was, so we can't say, you know, Paul wrote or John wrote or something like that. Uh, You know, we just refer to him as the author of Hebrews, sort of like, you know, the artist formerly known as Prince. Um, Doesn't have a name, just has a title. But we do know that Hebrews was written to a group of people in New Testament times who were experiencing pretty dark times. The persecution from the Romans the persecution from fellow Jews the persecution was all around them and the writer of Hebrews was writing to help them hang on to endure as he put it to be resilient as I would put it and the introduction to chapter 11 comes at the end of chapter 10 so we're preaching on chapter 11 and so far I've read you chapter 12 and I'm gonna read you chapter 10 now but they give you the context for what's in between And he says at the end of chapter 10, as a way of introducing chapter 11, recall the former days after you were enlightened, after you came to faith in Jesus Christ, you endured a hard struggle with sufferings, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, sometimes being partners with those so treated. And you had compassion on those in prison. And you joyfully accepted the plundering of your property since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and an abiding one in heaven. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward for you have need of endurance, resilience, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised for yet a little while and the coming one will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he or she shrinks back, my soul shall have no pleasure in them. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. A little complicated passage maybe, but the passage is really saying you endured a hard struggle and you need to have endurance. And I guess to me, the word endurance just doesn't seem quite positive enough. To me, endurance is sort of I'm hanging on by the skin of my teeth and I'm going to get through it, but it's going to be a close thing. And I just would want to replace that word with resilience. I think it's more of what the writer was actually thinking anyway. It's this idea of thriving in the midst of challenge. And the reason that we need this resilience or endurance in dark times is because it sometimes seems that God is not at work. It just seems that, you know, maybe you feel this way, that this COVID thing has just outlasted its welcome. It was sort of fun for the first couple of weeks, maybe. But we're eager to get back to life as usual. And we're wondering how long God is going to let this go on. And... In those wartime sermons that I talked about G. Campbell Morgan in that book of my grandfather's, in these sermons that he preached to these people in London during World War II, they were experiencing that same kind of feeling. How long is this going to go on, and where is God in it? And he said this in those sermons, The person of faith is often perplexed and overwhelmed with the difficulties of the situation and the hour in which we live. And more troubling than this is that God seems to be doing nothing good. I don't know if you experience that in your life. Maybe it's got nothing to do with the COVID crisis. Maybe there's there's family stuff. Maybe there's work stuff. Maybe there's money stuff. Maybe there's health stuff. Maybe there's age stuff. I don't know what there is. But it just seems that God seems to be doing nothing good. And Hebrews says, yeah, yeah, that's how it seems but be resilient. The just will live by their faith. And so from the dark times of today, back to the dark times of World War II, back to the dark times of the New Testament church, but the book of Hebrews is actually in that area there quoting from a book in the Old Testament that most of us haven't read. It's the book of Habakkuk or Habakkuk. We don't even know how to say it. It's close to the end of your Old Testament in the Minor Prophets. And Habakkuk lived in dark days as well. In his time, the Israelites were in a challenging international situation. There were um, countries that were attacking them, Uh, there were national problems on the inside, the the country was divided internally. Enemies on the outside, enemies on the inside. Uh, There was challenging situations. And the difficulty for Habakkuk or Habakkuk was that God just didn't seem to be doing anything. And and being a prophet, Habakkuk just decided he would have a conversation with God. And he confronts him with this and just tells him that, you know, I don't see you doing anything. And God replies to him with this message from Habakkuk chapter 2. The Lord answered me, write this vision and make it plain on tablets so that the one who runs may read it. For the vision still awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. Behold, his soul is puffed up. It is not upright within him, but the righteous shall live by his faith. And he ends with that phrase, which Hebrews quotes, the righteous shall live by his faith. By which he means the way through all this has something to do with faith, if we could just understand it. And that's what we kind of want to look at this morning. Not exactly a surprise if you've read your Bible that faith would be in there somewhere, but But what exactly is he talking about? And so the the second point this morning is just that we need to be aware of the nature of faith. If if this is the context that he's put faith in, what is the nature of the faith he's talking about? And in verse 2 of chapter 11, he gives a kind of short definition of what faith is. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And then he goes on to that passage that I read at the beginning. Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And in there, I think he is talking about two different kinds of faith. And the first one of these is saving faith. And the Hebrews is saying that through their faith the people had this deep relationship with God and as we go into future weeks and we look at these stories of Old Testament characters we're going to see that they did amazing things and if we want to do the amazing things they did if we want to have the resilience and endurance that they had in their challenges here's the point to have their faith we have to know their God Each of the people we look at had this close relationship with God. And for each of them, their resilience did not come from their own character or their own strength. It came from God. It came from the fact that they had a deep relationship with God. And if we are to do that, we need to have this deep relationship with God through Jesus Christ. He talks about running and laying aside every weight and the sins which entangle him. We just have to understand that we're sinners. We're caught up in our own understanding of the world. We're caught up in the sinfulness of the world. And we need to believe in Jesus who endured the cross and died for us, who died in our place and offers us forgiveness and a fresh start. And we need to realize that resilience isn't just positive thinking. It's not just what we do, it's based on this relationship with God and what he has come into our lives to do. That because of the forgiveness that we receive through Jesus Christ, we can have God's presence in our lives through the Holy Spirit who then gives us the resilience and the character and the strength to live to our potential. And we are to be inspired by the example of these people but we are to be empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. And so it starts with us having a relationship with God. We're not talking about positive thinking. We're not talking about psychology. We're talking about what does it mean to have faith in God. And then the the second one is not only is it a saving faith, it's an experimental faith in that we have to put that faith into practice. We have to do something with it. Hebrews says, let us run with perseverance. That's a very active thing. And if God is at work in us, then we begin to be able to do that in his strength. And that passage that starts out the end of chapter 10, which introduces this this passage in, in chapter 11, Remember, we said, recall the former days after you came to faith, after you were enlightened, you endured hard struggle, sometimes being publicly exposed to reproach and affliction, sometimes being partners with those so treated. You did all these good things. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. It's this idea that we live in these challenging times. And it may be COVID, as I said, that has its effect on you. It may be a lot of other things from family to work to age to whatever. But you know what it is because it's what keeps you up at night when you can't sleep. But maybe your life isn't that bad. Maybe what you are kind of bummed about with the COVID thing is is not what it's done negatively to you, but what it stops you positively doing, that you have a passion to do something. You want to move forward in some way. You want to get going with that next chapter of your life. And someone said to me once, if you want to be a good boss, if you want to be a good friend, if you want to be a good spouse, if you want to be a good pastor, you need to know two things about people. You need to know the fear that keeps them up at night. And you need to know the vision that gets them up in the morning. And experimental faith is the key to both of these. Let us look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, Hebrews says. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. That's saving faith. But experimental faith is right there as well. Let us run with endurance, with resilience, the race that is set before us. And I think in these times of challenge, what we tend to do is to take our eyes off Jesus and and either get overwhelmed by the problem or try and figure out our own solution to it. It's like that passage where Jesus was walking on the water and the disciples were in the boat and the storm was happening and Peter sees Jesus in the water and he says, Jesus, I want to walk to you on the water. And Jesus says, well, come on out. And Peter, to his credit, gets out of the boat and he starts walking. And then this passage comes. Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. And uh, Matthew in that verse says, when Peter saw the wind. When he took his eyes off Jesus and he saw the wind. That's when he sank. Now. Good Albert and W.O. Mitchell will tell you, you know, who has seen the wind. Uh, neither you nor I. But what he's saying is you see the effect of the wind. And Peter's vision was filled with the waves. It wasn't filled with Jesus. And sometimes in the midst of crisis, all we see are the waves. All we see is the wind of adversity. And Hebrews says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus' faith starts by having that firm assurance in God. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And that set before us is this idea of intentionality, that what we're going through is set before us, that God has some intentionality in some of the stuff we're going through. Not that he's responsible for it, but that he is with us in it, perhaps. And he accompanies us on this journey. So there's this context of faith, that that faith really comes out in the times of challenge. You don't need faith when there's nothing going on much. That faith has this definition of being that it starts with our faith in God and then leads to our faith in doing for God. And then thirdly, he says, Now, I'll give you the examples of faith. And only now does Hebrews begin to start talking about these characters that we'll talk about starting next week. But at the end of this chapter on faith, Hebrews sums it up with this Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us set aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and now is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted or overwhelmed. And notice three times in that short passage, the word endure, which we have said, let's read resilient for. At the end of the chapter where Hebrews has listed all these great saints of the Old Testament and how their faith has strengthened them, he says, now you do likewise. And the question comes at the end of this, well, what can we take away from this morning? What can we say about how to do that? And I was reading a book by Gordon MacDonald. Gordon MacDonald is a pastor who just turned 80. Uh, He's written a number of books that have deeply shaped me. But on his 65th birthday, he thought he'd look back on his life. And he wrote a book called The Resilient Life. And he looks back on the lessons he learned. And he bases some of it on this chapter of Hebrews 11. Where it says we should run with endurance the race set before us, and he went through high school doing track, and he goes back to the lessons he learned there on what it means to run. And he basically has five steps, and these are five chapter titles out of his book. And I just found them to be helpful as we kind of sum up what does it mean to run with endurance, what does it mean to be resilient, what does it mean to to thrive in the midst of challenge. And he says, first of all, resilient people are committed to finishing strong. They're convinced that that building resilience is a daily thing that we do by fixing our eyes on Jesus, from learning from God, that, that resilient people finish strong by continuing in the process day by day that the time for a strong faith is not when you're in trouble. The time to build that strong faith is day by day so that we can finish strong. Secondly, he says, resilient people run inspired by the big picture of life. That they, they've heard this call from God, that he has set a race before them. They are confident that God has gifted them to do that. God will empower them to do that, and God will accompany them to do that. And they're confident that they can live these lives full and generous. They're inspired by the big picture of life. Third, they're resilient because they run free of the weight of the past. They set aside everything that entangles. They understand the importance of finding inner healing, of dealing with wounds from the past. Because we can never practice repentance and forgiveness in the present. If we're carrying all the wounds of our past. They reflect on the past to squeeze all the lessons out of it, he says. And they run free of that weight. And then he says, fourthly, that resilient people... Run confidently because they have trained to run the distance. When I turned 40, I decided I wanted to run a marathon. I think that was my midlife crisis, or at least one part of it. And I started training, and I worked my way up to where I was running 21 miles uh, once a week as my long run as I trained for that. Uh, It was the advice that I had got was get up to 21 miles. On the day of the race, you know, I discovered that, well, I knew beforehand that a marathon is 26.2 miles. Uh, Training for 21 is good. But when I hit 21, my body told me I was done. And I still had 5.2 miles to go. And I struggled to finish the race. And I wonder for many of us, we get to that point And in marathoning, it's called hitting the wall. We get to that point where our energy is depleted. Our our strength is gone. We have run out of resilience. We have run out of endurance. And maybe some of you are at that point today because we have trained not to finish the race. We've trained to get to this point. And resilient people prepare to finish. They understand the importance of this holism of physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. We need as as people to be investing in physical fitness and healthy living. We need to be growing our minds and growing our understanding of God. We need to be harnessing our emotions and dealing with the emotional realities of our life. And we need to have our hearts open to the presence of God to be at work in us to allow his spirit to lead us. And resilient people run confidently because they have trained to run the distance. And lastly, resilient people run in the company of the happy few. <laughs> Direct quote from McDonald. I'm not sure I'd to put it, the happy few, but I kind of like the words. As I said, all five of those are just chapter titles from that book. And I just kind of love that wording. And here's how he describes that. He talks about them avoiding the peril of a solitary life by having some deep spiritual friendships. And then he says this. There are certain people who we meet, who we feel we can talk to because they have such a deep capacity for hearing. Not hearing words only but hearing us as a person. They enable us to talk on a level which we have never before reached. They enable us to be as we have never been before. I wonder this morning if you have someone in your life that even comes close to that. But faith in God, belief in his Holy Spirit, acting on his call, working in our giftedness, moving in his power. It's possible to do that in a solitary life. But God is calling us to be in company with the happy few, to be in that relationship. And maybe over this COVID crisis, you've got disconnected from some of that relationship. And it's just so important to keep connected. Because if we're going to be the resilient people who finish the race, we're not going to do it by ourselves. There's going to be times where we need the encouragement of someone else. And there's going to be times when they need our encouragement. And it's this idea that we do this within community. And I think when you put those together, that says a lot about resilience. We'll look at uh, what this looks like in the characters of the Old Testament. but, But when he says that The just will live by faith. I think this is what he's saying, is that our faith needs to be lived out in these ways. And as we do that, we will have the strength or the endurance or the resilience to live this out. And I don't think the prophet Isaiah was really thinking resilience when he wrote this, but it sure isn't a bad definition. He wrote, those who wait for the Lord, those who are resilient will wait for the Lord. They shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run, not be weary. They shall walk, not faint. The resilient are those who wait for the Lord, who enter into this process of Becoming resilient people who live by faith, not only of saving faith which prepares us for heaven, but experimental faith which makes us useful on earth. And as we do that, as we do it waiting for the Lord, we renew our strength. We mount up with wings like eagles. We run and aren't weary. We can walk and not faint. You know, there's lots of good books. I'm kind of working my way through a couple of them on resilience. There's lots of good stuff written on that. There's lots of good psychology there. But we're going to gather around the communion table in a moment and we're going to remind ourselves that At the heart of all of this is saving faith. At the heart of all we've said this morning is this belief that Jesus Christ came. And he lived on this earth and he died on the cross for us and he rose again. And at this table, we're going to have the shed blood of Christ symbolized in the cup and his broken body symbolized in the bread. And we need to gather this morning in gratitude to God for what he's done. In gratitude for a God who loved the world so much that he sent his only son into the world to live and to die and to rise again, that whoever has faith in him shall not die spiritually, but have everlasting life. Whoever has faith in him will have life not only for eternity, but a life that makes a difference here in the presence. And so this morning we gather around this table to remind ourselves afresh that when we talk about faith or we talk about endurance, or we talk about resilience, it's not our thing. It's something God gives us through Jesus Christ, through that fresh start of forgiveness, through his Holy Spirit who empowers us. And we're going to hear a song sung and you can sing along if you like, but... It goes like this. Are you hurting and broken within, overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Then come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. In the second verse, leave behind your regrets and mistakes. Come today. There's no reason to wait. Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy from the ashes a new life is born. And the result of that is this resilient life that allows us to leave the past, embrace the present, anticipate the future to be those who live in this experience of God, in this experience of his power, to help us be overcomers, those who, in the midst of COVID-19, or in the midst of challenge, or whatever it is that we face, that we have this strength that comes not from ourselves, but a resilience that comes from God. This morning, I just invite you to take a look at those five things that we closed with. Are you committed to finishing strong? What is it this week you could be doing that would prepare you to to finish strong? Are, Are you spending time each day? Are you with God? Are you growing in those ways? Do you have this big picture of life? Do you know that you're here for a purpose? Do you know what it is and what God is in the midst of using you to do? Are you free of the weight of the past? Is there things this week you just need to, I just need to get rid of that. I just need to confess that and put it down. Are you training to go the distance or have you sort of lost some of the disciplines of life in the midst of this COVID? And are you part of the company of the happy few? Are there just some people in your life who can be that encouragement And maybe just whispering the voice of God and the love of God into your life. And this week, I just invite you to reflect on those five things. And maybe one or two of them. Just God says, hey, let's do business together. And as we take communion, as we go into this week, I just invite you to commit yourself to being one of the resilient ones one of those who finishes strong father we thank you for this passage we haven't even begun to look at these characters yet but you've taught us much this morning about what it is we need to look for in their lives and what it is we would love to build into our lives so father we thank you for coming into our lives for Forgiving us, forgiving us relationship with you, forgiving us your Holy Spirit who gives us strength. And in the challenges of this week and the opportunities of this week, may we feel your power, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.